This is episode 119, Breaking Free of Your Role in Your Family with Jenna. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Had a couple good Coaches Corner episodes for you the past two weeks. I talked about ghosting, and then I also talked about WTF is going on in the world right now. I've heard from so many of you that you're going through some massive expectation hangovers and some curveballs that you were not expecting, myself included. I'll share more about that probably in the new year. So I want you to know you're not alone. <laughs> there's there's a lot of us going through it right now. So go back and check out last Sunday's Coach's Corner. I also take you through a meditation that helps you deal with uncertainty because when we're in an expectation hangover, often the hardest part of it is the uncertainty, is the not knowing. You know, we want to know why something happened and we want to know what's going to happen next. And usually when we're going through an expectation hangover, we don't have clear answers to those questions, which really rattles our sense of safety and security. So we need to find the time to go within, to find that peace inside. And meditation is one of the ways that we do that. So if you go back and listen to that episode towards the end, I take you through a very short meditation. 2018 is coming up, which I'm excited about. I have to say that odd number years are always more challenging for me. Maybe it's because I was born in an even number year, but odd number years are, are usually my, um, my quote unquote growth year. So I'm looking forward to 2018. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I am obsessed with the number 11. I love 11. I see 11 11s and 111 and 11s all the time. And 2018 is an 11 year, meaning two plus zero plus one plus eight is 11. So I'm looking forward to it. And around this time, we start to think about what we want to call in in the new year. And if I can personally help you with that, I would love to. There are not many times where I have openings for new clients. I only work with four people at a time. For years, when I started coaching, I saw person after person after person. But about four years ago, I changed my model, started training other coaches and only work with four people at a time so I can really, really, really partner with someone and be more accessible and not just have like an hour session. So if you're interested in up-leveling all aspects of my of your life, when you coach with me, there's no stone left unturned. We cover everything from your financial life to your physical life, to your career, to your sex life, to your health, to everything, meditation, spirituality. And it's definitely an investment. It's a financial investment. It's a six month commitment. But if you really resonate with this show, if you resonate with me and you're feeling a call to break free of limiting stories, limiting beliefs, stuff you haven't been able to get to the other side of, and you're ready to, like I said, upgrade and up-level all aspects of your life, then maybe consider filling out an application. 
So if you are interested, email jill at christinehasser.com. She'll send you the application. And then if it seems like a fit from there, she'll set up a discovery call for you. I love my private clients. I have very close relationships with people that have coached me one-on-one. In fact, just this last week, I talked to three of my clients that aren't active clients anymore, but I just love to stay in touch. You really do become like part of my family. So if 2018 is your year to step into more prosperity and freedom and purpose and love and just everything that you want, I would be honored, honored, honored to be a guide and a partner on your journey. So again, it's jill at christinehoster.com to get more info. And speaking of support, ladies, I want to talk to you about some physical support. I want to talk to you about bras. Yes, bras. They're an important fashion accessory. And I know you want to look your best around the holiday. And with so many parties, who has time to go to the store and shop for the perfect bra? I mean, just finding the perfect dress is enough. So when you finally pick that right party outfit, don't let it be ruined by an ill-fitting bra. This holiday season, give yourself the gift of Third Love. Third Love uses thousands of real women's measurements and super smoothing memory foam to create bras that are very comfortable and make you look and feel great. I love mine. I ordered it and I have worn it. <laughs> um, I've washed it, but I've worn it almost every day. It's just so comfortable and looks good under almost anything. And Third Love offers bras in sizes AA through G, as well as their exclusive half cup sizes. With over 15 styles, including strapless and plunge, there's a bra for every holiday look. And if you're not sure about your size, you can chat with a fit specialist or take their fit finder quiz as you shop from the comfort of your own home. And because Third Love knows it's a season to spread cheer, they're offering you 15% off your first purchase so you can look and feel your best. Go to thirdlove.com slash over it now to upgrade your holiday style with a perfect fitting third love bra and get 15% off your purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash over it for 15% off your first third love bra. One more time, thirdlove.com slash over it. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. So today I coach Jenna and really what the essence of this coaching call is about is breaking free of the role that she played her whole life and her family. And even though she's a grown woman now, she's not fully stepping into her potential, specifically her financial potential, because she's still playing a role in her family dynamics that she played as a child and as a teenager. And the role that she played was a bit of the caretaker. The, she was the biggest sister. She wanted to make sure everyone else was okay. And that role is actually holding her back in her life now. And this is something most of us deal with at some point or another, as we individuate and as we become adults, there is a certain way we fit into our family to get safety, to security, love, to make sure everyone else was okay. And that role worked in our family system to a certain extent. But when we go and live our own life and we're looking to break free of maybe some of the stories of our families or some of the belief systems of our families, then we also have to break free of the role that we played in our family. And as you'll see in my coaching session with Jenna, she's trying to break free of some of the beliefs and the way her family lives their life. However, she can't do it because she's still trying to play the same role that she did in her family as an adult. This will make a lot more sense as the episode goes on. And this is one of those coaching calls where, you know, she's a yoga teacher. She has a lot of information. So I asked a lot of questions and guided her to a lot of her own answers, which is a style of coaching that I use quite often because I'd rather 
people come up with their own answers than me just telling them. So as you're listening to this call with Jenna, consider how are you getting in your own way? How are you sabotaging your own success, specifically financially? Also, what role did you play in your family? You know, what did you do? Were you the older sibling, younger sibling, were you the caretaker, the people pleaser? You know, what did you do to fit in, to please, to make sure everyone was okay, to keep yourself safe? And then how is that role potentially holding you back at this point in your life? And finally, is there a part of you that's almost afraid to be your all, to step into your full potential because you don't want to make other people feel bad or feel uncomfortable or feel small? So are you playing small because you don't want to make other people feel small? So keep all those questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Jenna. Jenna, welcome to the show. What's your question? I am continuing to struggle with my finances after years of running my own business and going through periods and layers of transformation and inspiration and ups and downs. And I'm just ready to stop being on this roller coaster. Mm. And explain the roller coaster to me. Is it up and down? Is it mostly down? It's up and down. It's definitely, you know, in a positive direction. And sometimes I just feel like it's not happening for the stability or abundance isn't happening as quickly as I'd like for it to, but then I'll feel like I'm expanding kind of into being a bigger version of myself. And then all of a sudden, you know, it feels like somebody pulls the tablecloth out from under me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it'll, you know, it takes the form of, you know, a client getting gradually bigger and bigger, and then me getting comfortable with that income and making some investments in the business, whether it's buying hats or new, you know, things to make things go better, new software, updating elements, you know, to let everything operate better. And then, you know, that client will go away. And, you know, a lot of it feels like the regular parts of a business life cycle. And I just would like to up the bottom line, kind mm-hmm. of up the, mm-hmm. the baseline. And describe your business. So I teach yoga in a variety of different locations, and um, some of them, some of my classes are public. Some of them are in offices. Some of them are on location in different countries and on retreats and different parts of programs. And then I also do um, some one-on-one consultation and tutoring that's kind of related to yoga, but not as directly a part of that. Tutoring, like school or yoga tutoring. It ends up often being a little, a little bit of both. So sometimes parents will contact me with questions about school and then the solutions that I often find are most effective are informed by my yoga practice. Got it. Got it. Okay. And out of all those things, what tends to be the most consistent in terms of generating revenue for you? The corporate yoga classes. Okay. So teaching in, in offices. And that's largely because of systems that I've set up over the years where I now bill people three months at a time. And they pay me ahead of time for the classes. Right. And do you have the feeling of getting the tablecloth pulled out from under you with the corporate yoga classes or is it more with the one-on-one No, clients? actually, both have, stayed, both have stayed consistent. The one thing that is tricky with those is, you know, they ebb and flow a little bit. Like this time of year, for example, the right. invoices that I send at the end of the year are tend to be much less because people are not in the office as much through the right. holidays. Right. But that's much less significant. Okay. That I feel like I, I want to be able to roll with that type of inconsistency, you know? Right. Right. Okay. So 
I might have more logistical questions, but that, that kind of covers yeah. it for now. I know that being a yoga teacher and being someone on the awareness path that you've probably explored this with multiple wealth consciousness books and investigations, and maybe you've talked to other therapists and coaches about it. Uh, what have you discovered so far? My most recent discovery is that I've, I think I'm keeping myself small in order to keep the people around me comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, that there's a feeling of, you know, I have a great relationship with my family and they also have made really different professional and lifestyle choices than I have. And so while they're super, super supportive, I think there's a feeling very subconsciously that I've only recently become aware of that if I am somehow successful in an alternative way, that it's like disrespectful or mean or that they won't love me anymore or mm-hmm. something like that, even though I know that's ridiculous. Well, your conscious mind does and your adult grown up woman does, but your unconscious right, totally. and the little girl inside might not know that. So let's talk about yeah. your family for a second. Growing up, what was your role in the family? You know, we all take on different roles. Some of us are caretakers, people pleasers, the rebel that, you know, what, what, what would you say your role in the family was? I was definitely, I was a people pleaser. I was kind of an overachiever. I was a big sister. So I was a caretaker in that way. No one really needed Ex, like exceptional amounts of care, but uh, I managed. I always felt like I wanted to be, or I was often the one to make things better for people. Mm-hmm. Whether it was helping my mom with things, um, or you know, helping my sisters off the stage at their dance recital, or something like that. And how did you get love, validation, acceptance, especially in the family, recognition? In a lot of different ways. Attention, I guess, was one of the ways. And I was a performer also. So people were really always very supportive of, of my artistic endeavors and, and then plenty of support at my sports games and lots of congratulations for good grades and all that kind of thing too. And did you, Jenna, did you, when you were growing up, did you ever feel like you had to kind of keep some secrets or you had to, there were some things that you were going through or thinking or some things about you that you kind of felt like you had to keep to yourself. Interesting. Not consciously and not that I've identified thus far, but now that I think about it, there were things that I kept secret from certain people. When I was in fourth grade, I was the president of my student council. And I started to get really interested in kind of politics and things like that. And I remember it being a thing in my family that they wanted me to be the first woman president, or I think I wanted to be the first woman president, but I was embarrassed about that ambition Mm -hmm. that was kind of collectively held. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't think I kept that secret from my family, but I definitely, even just now, as I said it, I hear myself having trouble saying that because it Mm -hmm. feels silly. What feels silly about it? I guess just kind of the classic, who am I to? And mm-hmm. why do I think I get to do that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's that's one piece. And then again, just feel into if, because a lot of times we're so caught up in the identity of who we think we need to be for our family and how mm-hmm. how we fit in and how we get loved. We get so comfortable in that that we think it's like our identity. 
And sometimes there's like deeper thoughts or feelings or things going on kind of below the surface that we never really give voice to. And if nothing comes to mind, I could be totally off course here, but just think about that for a moment. Just feel into it. Things under the surface that, that I didn't want to give voice to. Right? Mm-hmm. Or that you felt like you couldn't share or that. Um... I think I was just always really conscious of making other people feel small. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, probably my parents also. Tell me more about that. I didn't want to be smarter than my sisters. Okay, here we go. Now we're on to something. Because I didn't want, like, not because, and in that case, it wasn't because I didn't want to be smart, but it was because I didn't want them to feel bad that they weren't. Right. So talk more about that. I didn't want to be smarter than my sisters because. Because I, at some point, must have heard some story about that makes younger siblings lash out or hate their older siblings or just feel bad about themselves. Mm-hmm. And I didn't ever want anybody else to feel bad. So I must have, I don't know, I must have experienced something at some point that made me feel like my success came at other people's expense somehow. Okay. So ding, ding, ding. Yeah. (laughs) My success comes at someone else's expense, including people I love. And let me ask you this. Parents will say they love all children equally. Sometimes Mm -hmm. a certain child can feel like a favorite or they're looked onto with Mm -hmm. a lot of a you're the one that can do anything. Did you right. ever feel that? Um, in certain ways. Uh, we, the three of us, I have two sisters, we all definitely joke about it. I was definitely the least rebellious and probably still, I mean, I think my dad thinks I'm the smartest person in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So can you see how there's like two things going on? There's living in to the expectations of being the first woman president, of being the smartest person, of da-da-da-da-da. And then there's also, I don't want to get too big or too happy because I don't want to make other people feel small. Mm-hmm. And I think the other dimension of that is that if I'm big in the way that's not the way they understand, that exactly it'll somehow hurt them too. How would that hurt them? I don't know. I've, and I guess maybe that comes back to my dad thing. And again, on the on the surface, our adult conscious minds are very supportive and loving of each other. And we laugh at our disagreements and all that stuff. And um, underlying, I wonder if it feels like by my succeeding on like an alternative path, like being a yoga teacher was definitely not on the list of careers that mm-hmm. I was considering and mm-hmm. like, you know, in elementary school. But if I achieve success in that way, that it somehow negates the success that my dad had, which was much more traditional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not only negates, but that it might even disappoint him. Right. Yeah. And again, I think like, I'm very conscious of the fact that it wouldn't. And I, of course there's, there could just be underlying residual of that, but I think it's more, God, it feels awful to say, but it's more like, well, maybe it doesn't. It just feels like he doesn't understand, mm-hmm. which is, you know, classic Mm -hmm. thing of their parents. Right. And when someone doesn't understand, it can also feel like they're just often feel like they're disappointed because they just don't get it. But I think that I really want him. I really want him to understand. Right. Because then I would feel accepted. Got it. Right. So, (laughs) so just notice 
how long you've been navigating how to be part of your family. It's been a really long time. How can I help my mom? How can I please my dad? How can I make my other sisters not feel small? You've been considering them a lot. Yeah. And that's beautiful and that's loving. But at this point, it may be holding you back from really graduating from little girl to woman. Yeah. From making that transition into this is who I am and this is what I want to create. And it, if, if they don't understand it, that's okay. And if they feel small, that's okay. Yeah. Cause the other thing is you may have access to more, more freedom that you're, than your sisters do. I don't know what they do for work, but maybe you even feel so some guilt around doing something that you really love. But I make myself feel better about it because especially my one sister makes so much more money than me that she'll never have to worry about that. Does she love what she does? No, not at all. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So it makes me, I think that's where it feels like as long as I let her keep being the only one that experiences financial stability, then it's somehow even and everything's okay. <laughs> so you no longer, Jenna, have to make sure everything's even, Stephen. That's not your job. seems like you really took that on as a big sister. Yeah. You really wanted to make sure everything was even and everything was okay. And you don't have to do that anymore. You also don't have to be understood by your parents. The only person that needs to understand you is you. So just notice how much your choices, consciously but mostly unconsciously, and sort of this energetic you have around money has to do with a fear of, of not belonging and not knowing who you are in your family. Yeah. So what's coming up for you? Well, it's wild to think about because I was very okay being kind of the center of attention for a long time. And something made me kind of self-conscious about that, that, you know, I was the oldest, not only of my sisters, but of most of my cousins and of a lot of the families we hung around with. So not only was I like pretty good at things, but I was the first person to do all the things. Mm-hmm. So everyone was always watching mm-hmm. and everybody was always psyched. Um, and everybody was always really encouraging. And then at some point, I guess I didn't want to be that. So when I think about myself now as successful and even, you know, going back and being, being with my family in a particular way, in a lot of ways, it it is the way I'm, I'm able to go back and be now because I, I feel successful even, even with financial challenges, but having that underneath me, I don't know. It, it does feel, does feel like it would alienate people somehow but I, I can't think of why. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it's less about alienating and you have such a compassionate, caring heart. That was sort of what you did as big sister, like very empathic. And that's what makes you a good yoga teacher. But where it's getting in your way as a business person is you're too concerned about how your success will make others feel your success, your joy, your happiness, your freedom, because you don't want other people to feel bad about themselves or jealous And you probably had the experience where you were really shining and you could feel other people's jealousy, discomfort, self-judgment, so on and so forth. Definitely. And that's really painful for you. Yeah. And more and more recently. Yeah. Well, and that's painful. So I can imagine, you know, well, hey, if I, if I keep myself build a bill or I don't get too successful at, if I'm still struggling 
with something, then I'm still relatable. Because if I'm not relatable, then what? Then is my family going to accept me? Then a friend's going to accept me? Who's going to be there for me? Yeah. So a lot in being the big sister, you were a bit of the caretaker and a little bit of the peacemaker and the people pleaser, like you said. Yeah. And that is what is in the way of you really getting on with creating the financial abundance and impact you want to make. Totally. So my suggestion would be to do some letter writing that you don't mail and some cord cutting with your family, each one individually. Mm -hmm. And knowing that it's not your job to make sure they're feeling okay. Cause I get that it's, you get that it's not your job to take care of them financially or whatever. But what I really uh-huh. feel is like, you really feel like it's your job to just make sure that your very existence doesn't trigger them at all. Right. Impossible. Right. Impossible if you want to live into your full potential. Yeah. Believe me, my existence has triggered people and I've been triggered by people too, obviously. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I look at that, you know, the people that, the people that I admire, you know, definitely trigger people. Yeah. So what ideas do you have for moving through this? Writing letters sounds really good. Mm -hmm. And when I say cutting cords, it's like imagining there's these energetic cords between you and someone Mm -hmm. else and, and cutting those cords. And someone gave me a great tip. Like you cut the cord with someone and then you plug their cord back up into God and you remind yourself that's their keep, you know, that's who's looking out for them. You don't need to. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Trusting, like really seeing people as, or holding people as capable of Mm -hmm. handling their own experience. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No matter what that looks like in the, in the moment. Exactly. Yeah. Because until you really let that go, you're going to keep attracting experiences that might be money, then it might be a relationship status, then it might be health. You'll keep extracting experience that, that kind of fall into, you see, I'm having a hard time too. Like everything doesn't come easy for me. It's okay. Like I struggle too. Jenna. I started writing a post like that today. That's so funny. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) About you struggling too? Yeah. I would not publish that post. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Because that's just you, again, trying to defend your position and trying to yeah. like bring yourself back. I mean, maybe later you can write that, but not now. Right. Not like, in a minute. No, right. I, I would say embrace embrace the amazingness and own the amazingness right now. Uh-huh. Because you publishing that post is more about you trying to connect through, see, look, I, you know, like still like me. I don't have it all together either. Absolutely. I would rather see you write a post about how painful it is for any of us not to play big and how we can practice having an abundance mentality by looking at people who are successful in whatever ways we want to be successful and rooting for their success and knowing that we spot it, we got it. It doesn't just mean negative projections. It means that. So I'd rather you to see you write that post about how we're not Mm -hmm. responsible for other people's feelings. Yeah. Awesome. Helpful? Yeah, very helpful. So what are you aware of? What'd you learn? That rooting for others 
successes and seeing others' successes is the way to cultivate the vibration and inspiration in me that actually brings value to other people. Um, and that it's okay for me to share myself with confidence and fully big, even if it, even if it triggers other people. Mm-hmm. And then just that idea, recognizing that the idea within me that like my success comes at other people's expense, like that that's not true. It's not true. So you might run and write down some new beliefs yeah, and, and also know that like, and, and tell that, that little girl inside of you, she's not going to be outed from her family. She belongs, but she can be the fullest grown up, beautiful expression of herself, that it's safe and not everybody needs to get it or understand it. The most important thing is that she understands Uh And that you're living into your full potential. Because here's the thing. Are you in your 30s, 20s, 30s? Mm -hmm. 30s. Okay. So right now, this is all fine. Like kind of worrying a little too much about how your family's doing and what they're thinking. But down the road, if this doesn't shift, you end up resenting them. And angry at yourself and full of regret. Because you lived your life not fully stepping into your potential because you were too worried about managing other people's feelings and expectations. Right. So all that kind of management of feelings that you had for your little sisters, Jenna, I want you to turn that inward towards you and your little girl and help her make her dreams come true. Yeah, that's a big shift. Yeah. And know how powerful you are. You are the girl who in fourth grade was like, yeah, I can be president. It's not about being president. It's about your truth is, you know, you can do anything that you desire. Totally. How do you feel? Much better. Lighter. Mm-hmm. Less overwhelmed. Good. And can <laughs> you see how money yeah. is going to be less of a problem now? Uh-huh. How so? Well, I guess maybe not like practically yet, <laughs> but it feels it feels less significant. It feels more right to get ready to go teach the class I'm going to teach in a little bit. Yeah. It feels, yeah, it just feels better being in my skin. Well, once you don't think that your success is going to make other people uncomfortable, <laughs> you won't unconsciously sabotage it. Right. <laughs> That sounds nice. Yeah. So go be the fullest version of you. And I guarantee if I lined up your family and asked them, they'd want that for you too. Totally. So thank you, Jenna, for such honesty and such courage in terms of your self-reflection. We talk so much here about really stepping into her full potential and shining her light. If you did not hear episode 113 where I coached Sarah and you resonated with this episode even a little bit, go back and listen to episode 113. Actually, maybe listen to it again because I talk a lot about shining your light. So let's break down some of the things we talked about. Very early on in the episode, she said that she reaches a certain level of financial success and she feels like someone's pulling the tablecloth out from under her. She gets comfortable with her income and then things go haywire. And this is 
very, very common. It's called an upper limits problem. It's like when we start to have all this success and abundance, there's a part of us that feels like we're unworthy or actually in Jenna's case, it wasn't so much that she felt unworthy. It felt unsafe because she played a role in her family where she really wanted to make sure that she, you know, lived into their expectations, but also didn't make them feel uncomfortable this whole concept of being financially successful in a career that they don't really understand almost triggered something inside of her that made her feel unsafe. And even though her grown-up conscious mind knows her family would never disown her and they would never like tease her about making a lot of money as a successful yoga teacher, there was still a little girl inside of there that's unsure of if I go and if I shine my light and if I do something out of the box and if I do something they don't understand, will I still fit in? Like, will I still belong? And we all want that sense of belonging and we definitely want a sense of belonging to our immediate family. So this is again, one of those situations where consciously she was aware it was safe, but because of this role that she was so identified with in her family she was sabotaging her success. You know, she even said in the call that she was afraid that her success came in another, other people's expense, specifically her family. So she was keeping herself small in a way to respect others. And she had some competing intentions. On one hand, she knew that she could have a big life. For example, her family being like, yeah, you can be the first president. But on the other hand, she doesn't want to make other people feel small. So it's like, oh, I can be president, but wait, I don't want to make others feel small. So it's one foot on the gas, one foot on the brake, which is exactly what's happening in her finances. She goes to a certain extent and then er, break. And that's because of those competing intentions. So she's got to get fully in line and making it okay for herself to be successful independent on how it would make anyone else feel. You know, I said to her, notice how long you've been navigating how to be in your family. You know, you've been considering them a lot. And it was holding her back from really being a woman and fully self-sufficient, not only financially, but in full self-expression and doing something she loves. Here's the thing, everybody. The only person that really needs to understand you is you. (laughs) We often stop ourselves from moving forward because we're so concerned about what other people think. If she thinks she has success at the risk of her family not getting it or feeling small or not understanding her, then she's going to keep getting in her own way. If she keeps valuing, fitting in, and protecting that role of making sure everyone's okay over really, really, really living into her dreams. Hear this. You cannot see your vision clearly and you cannot fully see your full potential clearly. If at the same time you're watching and managing how people are reacting to what you're doing. So for example, if I'm looking out at my vision and I'm looking out at all at you and all the people I want to serve. And at the same time, I'm trying to look to the side of me and behind me to see how other people are thinking of me. Like, is my family okay? Is my friends okay? Is this person okay? Is if I'm trying to manage all that, I can't look at my vision. So imagine that visual, imagine trying to look at your vision and look at everyone you want to serve and look at everything that you want to achieve and step into. And at the same time, trying to look behind you to make sure, is everyone okay? Is everyone okay? Is everyone okay with what I'm doing? It's like trying to have eyes in the back of your head. It's impossible. So I'm not saying pursue your vision and be a jerk and don't consider other people, but just know that trying to make other people feel comfortable while at the same time living into your full potential 
is not possible. It's not your job to make sure people are feeling okay. It's your job to live into your full potential and fulfill your mission. And sometimes your very existence may trigger someone just like I'm sure there's somebody out there that's not doing anything to you, but you may be jealous of them. You may put them up on a pedestal in some way. They may have everything that you want and they trigger you and they're not even doing anything to you. For example, with Jenna, you know, her sister who makes a lot of money, but hates what she does may be triggered by Jenna doing something she loves and also making money. So she's unconsciously, again, sabotaging herself because it's like, well, I won't upset my sister if I'm doing something I love, but at least I'm suffering in some way because I'm not making money because we all have to suffer. If one of my sisters suffers, then I have to suffer too, because like, I got to make sure that we're all in it together. If other people in your family are suffering, that's their choice. If they're having jobs they don't like and making choices that aren't in alignment with who they are and aren't get, making them happy, it's not your job to suffer with them. Break free of that role. Break free of carrying your family's burdens. Break free of trying to make everybody understand you. Break free of thinking that you have to play small so other people don't feel small. So some takeaways for you. The letter writing and cord cutting is a great one. You know, really writing a letter to the people that you feel like you're going to upset. You don't ever have to mail it. And then use that image that I gave Jenna of like cutting the cord, plugging them back up into God, plugging yourself back up into God and knowing that they have their journey. Also, do visualizations where you're visualizing your vision and you're looking forward. Practice really looking forward, not back. Next, write a list of your competing intentions. Like where... Are you split? Like you want to be successful, but you also don't want to make anyone else feel uncomfortable. That's an example of a competing intention. Or, you know, you want to go like move to a new country, but you also don't want to upset your mother who wants you to stay where you are. Like competing intention. Got to get fully aligned with attention, intentions that are in alignment with where you want to go and be okay with other people having their upset. We can't make everyone happy. It's not your job, not your job. And finally, consider, do some reflection, maybe do some journaling on the role you played in your family and how is that impacting your life right now? And where are you still kind of living as a little kid? And where do you need to grow up and emancipate and free yourself from that role? And what is the new role that you want to play? Maybe part of the new role is you're going to be a generational pattern breaker. Maybe you are a bit of a black sheep. Maybe you aren't going to follow in the footsteps of your family. You can thank them and love them, but you don't have to make the same choices. All right, everybody. I hope this episode was helpful. If it was, please share it. It always helps spread the news about the show. And before I sign off, I just want to tell you about one more thing. There are some useful car tips you might not be aware of. A coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. Removing excess weight from your car will improve gas mileage. And you can place your key fob to your chin to increase its range. I've done that. It really works. Well, here's another tip you may not know about. True car also helps people get used cars. That's right. True car is not to serve by new cars with their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars. You'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience, whether you buy new or used and with true car users can see what others paid. So they know they're getting a good deal before buying. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with a true car certified dealer. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out true car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. 
All right, everybody, that's the show for this week. Much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over at Non With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. <laughs>